Welcome back to Money Talks. I've got a shocking stat for you. I've got a Goofy Award, my first inductee to the Money Talks Hall of Fame, Goofies. Right now, though, very pleased to welcome back to our show the author of so many great books, but my personal favorite that I get people who said, hey, can you recommend a book? It's called Mass Psychology by James Dines, but I started with The Invisible Crash years ago, uh, followed up with so many other, Gold Bug. The list is a long one. James Dines uh, joins me on the line right now, author, editor of the renowned Dines Letter. Jim, first of all, very much appreciate you finding time on the weekend, and what a great time for us. Uh, there's just so much going on, and, and maybe I should talk about all these questions as, what the heck, Jim's going on, but central bank manipulation, geopolitical uncertainty, economic slowdown, most of the world, China on the drop, commodity indexes down, uh, we come off the May high. So let me just start with asking you your broad perspective. Well, first of all, uh, it's a pleasure being on the show with you again, Mike, here in, from San Francisco. And uh, we're still, you know, warriors, the two of us. I've been in this show many times. But the, to me, the good news is the crash in war, raw materials. This is the biggest crash in commodities I've ever witnessed. But the better news is that when stock prices do hit bottom near these historic lows, raw materials will present the buying opportunity of a lifetime. Since the commodity top around 2012, all commodities have been down. Everyone's lost money on this, on these groups. But it wasn't noticed or reported in the world's mass media until just this last July and August. Yet the media is still not grasping that all commodities down, from antimony to rare earths, uranium, all of them. And you see, the economists can play tricks with numbers, but the commodities reflect economic reality. And their crash means that there is a deep economic decline going on, and it will end with a great buying opportunity. And that's what we're, we're gunning for. But when good mining stocks are selling for pennies, and I believe we're not far away from it, I... Uh, I find it curious, however, that golds and silvers are, have been moving with the commodities, uh, down with commodities, and uh, it's, it's, uh, of which they are not. They're monetary metals, and that's the real money. And gold, let's face it, early this, at the beginning of the century, gold rose for a dozen straight year, consecutive years, and the last few, it's had a normal 50, 30, 50 percent correction. And my recommendation on gold at $35 an ounce, that it would eventually rise to over $3,000 to $5,000 an ounce, still stands. We sold uh, silver a few years ago at $48 in writing in the Dines letter, and uh, we're after repurchasing it. And we still have targets over $100 an ounce. There's a tremendous bull market coming after this bottom. Furthermore, our old prediction, uh, you might remember, in the invisible crash was the coming competing currency devaluations. And finally, after all these years, it's happening. And I warned that after every country cuts interest rates to cheapen their currencies, you know, so they can get an export, export advantage, they will all eventually get down to zero, and like now. And I predicted that it would be a fool's race to the bottom. And that's exactly where we are now, and they have no idea what to do next. They've uh, suppressed interest rates down to zero. 
Uh, they've printed all the money that uh, that uh, they can they can possibly do. Uh, we've got a 19 trillion dollar deficit, uh, sorry, debt in America, which is unpayable because we can't even balance the budget, must much less pay it off. And um, I think that uh, as I will, as I'm uh, note in next week's Dimes letter, where, it's where we are right now. The interest rates are now the lowest in the last 3,000 years since the time of Hammurabi. Something, this is not going to work. Let me just come to a couple, you've got several things there. One of the things that you talked about that, so, as you say, maybe the media is not reporting it. We've certainly taken advantage of your advice on this, on Money Talks, that we're in this age of deflation. Uh, something that was uh, obviously very difficult for people to grasp after, you know, really for most of their adult life, they would have only thought about inflation. But clearly, that's what the commodity markets, your interest rate markets, that's proven you right in spades. So where do you see us in that deflation cycle now? Well, first of all, we need a semantic definition. The Everybody mm-hmm. uses the word, and not everybody, you don't, because you read my letter, but um, everybody else tends to read the word inflation as a, as a synonym of higher prices. They are not. You pick your dictionary up, you'll see that inflation is an increase in the money supply, the result of which can be an inflation that eventually goes into a deflation. This is obvious. And once you understand that, that you realize that these countries have been living off their inheritance. It was from oil and gas, iron ore, gold. They've been, but these industries have been hit very hard and that is the result of inflation. Canada has a big advantage with a cheap currency against the U.S. dollar, and that's going to be a big trade advantage. So I'm getting optimistic on the Canadian economy. But remember, the um, majority, my, my old uh, prediction of the coming great deflation, there's always been one after a great inflation. I mean a real inflation where they printed all this money. And after a while, they can keep printing until they're blue in the face. You still get a, a deflation. This is what happened in the 1920s. They doubled the money supply at the General Convention in 1922. This is not in the history books, by the way. You have to dig for it. I covered this in my Goldbug book. But in 22, they doubled the uh, money supply. You had a great boom in the 20s and a normal deflation in the 30s. So my old prediction, uh, and, uh, plus, on top of that, uh, on top of the uh, unemployment and depressed prices of the 30s, which we're getting now, you have what I've been calling the coming age of robots. And uh, they're taking over more and more routine jobs. I've even got the restaurant industry the, uh, is being restructured, the taxi cab industry with Uber. Uh, the restaurants, you've got a new, uh, a new uh, restaurant chain here in San Francisco where it's automatic. You go in. And uh, there's a picture of food, and you put a coin. No, you don't. No coins, and no dishes, no waiters. And you just, uh, you just uh, hit your uh, your your cell phone, and and there it is. And this is what I've been warning again about the coming end of the age of jobs. There's a whole new social order coming. There's a huge restructuring going on in the world. Uh, and, of course, the implications are huge. I, can I come back to interest rates for a sec? As you just alluded to, sure. we're at 3,000-year lows. There's been this constant debate about whether the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates or not. I mean, it's not a, even on the agenda in Canada, uh, you know, at this point. But, you know, first of all, the Fed seems desperate to be able to get those rates back up a little bit. I mean, pension funds are getting killed. The list is a long one of uh, other repercussions other than what they want. So where, where do you stand on the interest rate? debate 
Well, first of all, what they're trying to do, the Fed is trying to create inflation, and the reason they're doing that is to wipe out the debt. That's what they've done in the past, but there's been an inflation then. Now we're in a deflation, so they're trying to create an inflation, and they're doing it with interest rates, but it's not working. And, and you know, inflation was our enemy just two years ago. So, I mean, these people are crazy. They're, they're, uh, this is a normal deflation, and, and the Fed is baffled as to why they can't get inflation up to 2%. Why 2%? I mean, where is that written? It's 2% because it's small enough so they can get away with it over time. But even more insane is this incredible attention to the Fed's increasing interest rates. Imagine, there are so many people discussing a change of a quarter of 1%. So many people ahead of, of, of states and the press, some of them even intelligent, about a one-quarter of 1% interest rate change. Who in their right minds would decide to borrow a large amount of money or lend them money over that small a change? Nobody. You change the channel when the mass obsesses over it. Just tune it out. These are the lowest interest rates, as I said, since Hammurabi, and this cannot end well. And that's what's happening. The, the, uh, the Fed is, is absolutely baffled. They have no idea what to do. They're desperate. And there's, a, there's a, uh, an election coming here in America uh, um, in one year, and all this stuff is going to be in the headlines. The, the, uh, the uh, candidates are going to be debate, debating it. This is a tremendous problem, and I, I, I just don't think that what I think should happen, if you want my opinion, mm-hmm. is, that, is that the government should not be touching interest rates. Who appointed, where is it in the Constitution that, that, the, that the government has to run interest rates? That's a socialist idea. Socialism has never worked. And uh, what should happen is they should abolish the Fed, and, which has been copied in all countries, and uh, which has corrupted their, their currencies also, abolish the Fed and let the, let the interest rates fluctuate in the free market. And then fire all the people managing interest rates and get them an honest job, you know, maybe in a meat factory or something. I'm talking with Jim Dines. You can find him at www.dinesletter.com, D-I-N-E-S, dinesletter.com. I'm going to take a break. I come, uh, I come back. There's so much to get to, plus one group in the investment markets. I'll talk about the investment markets, the stock market side of it. But there's one group that uh, Jim has been, I mean, he's renowned for picking these bull markets in different sectors before they're even close to being on the radar screen. One he reminded us about uh, going back a couple of years. I'm going to get an update on that. So many other things to come with Jim Dines, right here across the Chorus Radio Network. Welcome back to Money Talks. Jim Dines is my guest. Find him at thedinesletter.com, author of uh, so many great books on the investing subject, an absolute pioneer in the world of technical analysis, uh, looking to understand and follow trends in stocks and commodities and in, in, uh, uh, currencies. The list is a long one. Uh, Jim, before the break, I said we'd come back. I want to come back to the stock market for a second here. Uh, you know, you've advised your clients that a good cash position was probably the way to go. I think that's proven correct. We've seen phenomenal volatility, uh, no upward progress since May. And, in fact, several groups have just taken an absolute kicking. If you get past the index for a second and look inside the market, several major groups, you alluded to commodities earlier, but several other groups have really taken uh, – tremendous declines and i just wanted to get your perspective now on the markets the stock side i mean sure uh well um 
my last uh, annual forecast issue uh, in January uh, uh, warned that this year the best investment would be cash, which was hard to make because everybody else was very bullish. But um, we had a sell signal um, last December, almost a year ago, and um, and since then the averages have turned flat for the first time in six after a six and a half year bull market. And uh, I've been warning that there was uh, we had to wait for either the upside or downside breakout, and we had the uh, we had the we had the downside breakout. It was right after our sell, an additional sell signal uh, on August 19th, uh, one day before the before the uh, smash, and the violence of it means that it was a, a downside breakout. And since then, we're getting a normal uh, a normal uh, breakout pullback and. Um, uh, if if this does not keep going and make a new all-time high, we should then move down below the August lows. And I think that we need to keep track of this because the averages are one thing and individual stocks are another. We've been getting a big disconnect in the markets. Um, many people have had a terrible time in the market no, this year because individual groups are down. Um, and they pick them off one at a time. The latest ones have been uh, the biotechs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been absolutely crushed lately. And then junk bonds are in a crash, and uh, both of which I've been bearish on. So I think this is a good time to be conservative. And um, uh, if there's a new low below, below the August low, that's the one to watch. And uh, aside from raw materials, the question again is uh, who's going to be next? Uh, you know, time is always so short. If you allow me, I want to jump to one group. Uh, you've had a tremendous track record in identifying groups before uh, they became mainstream uh, into b- uh, major bull markets. One that you told us about a couple of years ago, and I was smiling this week because October is Cybersecurity Month, Awareness Month. <laughs> Clearly, uh, you know, Scott's Trade just announced they had 4.6 million clients who, uh, you know, have their data breached. Right. Uh, I, I think the, the company's name Experian, which uh, right. 15 million people, there's the people applying for credit for, uh, you know, some cell phone stuff. But the list is a long one. U.S. government, uh, you know, in several areas, you know, China's uh, been mentioned in all of this. But bottom line is you brought this to our attention two years ago. And I just wanted you to give us an update on that area. Absolutely. I think this is going to be one of the big bull, uh, biggest bull markets of all. Uh, you might recall when I became the original uh, Internet bug in the uh, Dines letter in, uh, of uh, June 1996, I think it was, um, I made uh, many ancillary predictions along with it. I said, I, in fact, I said it on your show also, yeah. I said the Internet would be the greatest invention since the Gutenberg printing press and have a huge impact on the world. But I also, which of course has come true, but I also said it would be vulnerable to viruses and that security would be impossible. And that is the vulnerable of, uh, vulnerability of it. And I'm prepared to make the prediction that the Internet is, is, is doomed. It cannot work the way it is. It's, uh, it's absolutely uh, impossible to protect in this day of ages of, sup- age of supercomputers and, and some kid in the Ukraine uh, and snowed in working... Uh, day and night can hack anybody anywhere in the world. Uh, basically, the world has is, uh, is all the locks are off the front door, the front doors, and um, because of that, there's going to be a boom in security uh, for the moment uh, until at least we get quantum computers, which is not yet. 
uh, everyone, anyone with a computer or anyone using the Internet should assume that you're going to wind up, you could wind up on the front page of, uh, of something. And take, for example, um, the, uh, you mentioned, of course, uh, Scott Trade, which is quite correct. And uh, they actually, ha- hackers also attacked the Pentagon's uh, top offices uh, around July 25th. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and worse than that, the Office of Personnel Management. This was the big ship. In fact, uh, this is the the most shocking one of all. Uh, somebody hacked 21 million uh, names out of the uh, the personnel management part of the U.S. government. They got all the names of all the government workers, their fingerprints, their security codes, their life history, because they all had to fill out a form. Uh, Everything that might embarrass them or that they were ashamed of, their secret desires. So they're vul- So these names were taken. At first, the government said it was only four million names, which was of course a lie. But it came out to be 21 million. There are probably more. And all the spies uh, we have in the world uh, have been vu- made vulnerable to blackmail or um, uh, or uh, or assassination. I mean, it's just the biggest thing. And, I, and in the Dines letter, I called it America's Pearl Har- second Pearl Harbor. To me, this was an act of war. And uh, nothing was done. They can't prove who did it. Uh, China denies it. Uh, and I'm just pointing out to all of my subscribers, and I hope anybody else listening, watch what you put on the Internet. And there's one way to foil it. The best way to, to stop these guys is called a courier. Put it in writing. Hand it to somebody to deliver to somebody, and don't give anybody a chance to pick up anything, uh, anything about or like a, like blueprints for a new weapon or something. They're crazy to put it on the internet. Can I, Jim? Can I hold you at that just for a sec? Can I? I know I, I've I've asked you. Can I ask you to stay just a couple of minutes longer? I'd love to get your final thoughts. I've got a shocking stat and a goofy award. My first inductee into the Goofy Hall of Fame is coming up, but right now, uh, Jim Dine, the Dine letter the dinesletter.com jim i apologize for keeping you longer than i had said i appreciate you taking the time but i wanted to get your final thoughts before i let you go yeah the final thought is this i think that uh the stock to buy i think the best company the old the old uh security companies are are no good obviously because they've been uh, they've been uh, uh because hacking is flourishing pa- uh, palo alto networks is the best company but it's too high priced and I'll be covering other ones, uh, lower-priced ones in my annual forecast issue but, uh, upcoming. But I'd like to say now, for the meantime, keep this thought in mind. Rich or poor, it's good to have a lot of cash. And you can <laughs> quote me on that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that sums up the kind of environment we're in right now. And it is interesting because you have warned your subscribers uh, for a lo- about 10 months and especially aggressively uh, you know, into the new year that this would be a time for cash. Cash is an investment decision. And uh, cash, for example, as you alluded to right off the top, is buying you a heck of a lot more in the commodities markets, buying you more oil than it did a year ago. So, uh, you know, cash is a very uh, important component uh, uh, in the Dines letter at this point. Well, that's right. As stocks, other stocks go down, that cash grows in buying power. And, uh, and instead of buying, people are buying these bonds paying 1% or less. These junk bonds, uh, they call them high-yield bonds now. Um, uh, they're crazy. I mean, paying this much, uh, paying this much for a bond that can't grow and is vulnerable to inflation someday is is just a big mistake. I think this is a good time to be conservative, 
and make sure you've got some cash. Get ready for a great buying opportunity somewhere ahead of us. Jim Dines, author of The Dines Letter. Also, as as you know, I recommend the book. Uh, You know, Goldbug is terrific. Uh, There's just so many. The Invisible Crash is an absolute classic. Uh, you know, just so many books to uh, have a look at. Uh, my much thanks to Jim Dines for joining us today. Thank you, Jim. You're very welcome, Mike, and I wish you good luck. You're still the best reporter I know of in Canada. Thanks very much. I appreciate it.